Welcome to the Ether. Today is Monday, December 12th, 2022. Today on the Ether, part two of the two part Chepe Space, Lunk, Luna, and AI. Let's take a listen. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> there is a, uh, I suspect in the next few years, a lot of the um, sort of memes and kind of like viral behavior or whatever is going to be increasingly uh, like perpetuated with AI, by AIs. Of different types so i think people are going to really dig into sort of like abusing those systems pretty good over the next like maybe five to ten years or something like that so i don't know that like the current paradigm of how memes are spread are going to be as potent as that in the future it should be very interesting um anyway uh i wonder if like ai is going to hack our mind and figure out exactly how to make us retweet things and um and like hit likes on things and everything else I suspect that's a thing coming up pretty quickly. Um, yeah, ears. Any of any of the theories about uh, like what do you, what do you see about like negatives on or positives on Luna Classic for you? Hmm. I think the positive of Luna Classic is how many people are using it and clicking around on it. I think about thirteen percent of Luna Classic is on chain. And there's like a hundred and something thousand active delegators, which is nuts. So I think that's the value in our, like the chain has. There's pretty much nothing else. I don't see this going anywhere. So that's why we need to save these people. We need to get them off the sinking ship. We need to get them into other things that will make them stick around. Uh, so that's why I've changed the subject of the space. To, from a face pointing at you to urgent discussion is there any point open the f- open floor uh guys is there any point to either luna or lunk um should we all give up and go back to our day jobs um open discussion yeah the most obvious concern i think to Nala's point from earlier is if you look at people tweeting about blockchain anything Almost nobody, like truly nobody, like when's the last time you've seen a tweet that is from a user that said, I want to see this, 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 and this produced on a blockchain because I would use this. And I believe this is a killer app. Please build it for me or whatever. You almost see nothing in this regard. Like the idea is essentially in my mind that like almost nobody knows what they actually want out of this space like or or what they think is a useful financial app or a DeFi app or a gaming app or whatever i don't i don't get a good sense that like people know what they want they just want like something interesting to be produced they buy the coin number go up and they get rich but like people talk about utility but then like which utility um you almost never hear about it like what why do people want utility and what specifically do you want to do for you almost nothing 
you know, seeing this chat GPT, like how quickly it acquired users and how many people are using it, like that's true. Like that's nuts product market fit. It's like everybody, you know, everybody's using Like when you look at that and then you're like, oh, wait, uh, what is the use case of blockchain? What's the product? What's the market? And you just like, oh, wait, fuck, this is just a waste of time. We should be building apps on top of this AI. Like like the uh, Lens guys or whatever they're called who said, all right, we're going to monetize this or we're going to monetize uh, stable diffusion. Send us some photos of you and we'll charge you like five bucks and then we'll generate some pictures for you of yourself. And now fucking everyone's used it. Like these guys have made a killing. And it's like, wait, this is really straightforward stuff. Like now that this AI is established, like this is really, really straightforward. Like business models using the AI to simplify tasks and, and using it in ways that people wouldn't otherwise think to use it. Um, that seems like gonna, a really I'm, straightforward I'm going to make a to bet with you, Ears. I'm going to bet with you that in 10 years, uh, AI's market cap is going to be closer to gold's market cap in terms of all the applications using AI than cryptos is going to be. That's my guess. Yeah. I'm going to bet anyone here on this planet that AI is going to be the absolutely most disruptive thing that has ever hit this planet ever from the beginning of electricity and fire and shit. I'd counter, I'd counter that argument by saying that like blockchain will probably be where most um, large data sets and most just, just in terms of being able to like secure it, like uh, vector space AI is a perfect example, but, I mean, like you can have enormous data sets and you can effectively store them on blockchain or you can even have like AI like training effectively. Right. And I think like blockchain has tremendous ability to leverage on that and basically in, in conjunction with AI kind of grow, kind of grow together. But if I had to guess, right, like where is money made on the Internet? Is it Cisco systems that's making all the money? Is it like the Amazon, AWS? It'd be Amazon AWS, right? Or is it the is or is it the systems being built on top of all of that? And generally, the picks and shovel stuff um, in the tech space is not actually making the most money, at least not historically. My suspicion is is that like computationally, AI disrupts truly everything, and like including professional fields and intellectual fields and everything else. And the, one of the most amazing things that happened, which is the opposite of what most of us thought would happen, is that AI appears to be disrupting, first and foremost, intellectual capacity in terms of like white collar career jobs are, are going to be more likely affected even sooner than like things like, um, you know, affecting drivers or like, you know, robotics affecting like, you know, uh, blue collar jobs and things like that. Like, the flip side has become true. If you look at either chat GPT, if you look at um, uh, like, yeah, stable diffusion and Dolly and all these other things, um, like the intellectual type activities being disrupted first is, is quite fascinating. Steffi, Steffi, the, I was just listening to the InfoWars show uh, with Alex Jones earlier today and a guy called in and he worked in Hollywood and he was like a advanced like graphics art designer in Hollywood. And he was saying that like this, this like AI stuff is the AI text to whatever kind of thing is like putting him out of business. There is going to be like his, it's going to be intensely competitive because of it. Getting access to the, to the data sets for AI, like to the quality training data, like quality data 
is is actually like one of the main problems of building good AI systems, right? Like I could I could make a GPT three with now remember uh, though that's today, but think about what this looks like with how much expansion is going to happen over a ten year time frame, right? It does, it doesn't take yeah. that long. Yeah, also that's an investment problem. I think data costs money. Oh, sorry, um, but I just think people who build that data or who actually like create the training sets, like. Like people like in vector space, uh, they're also doing like a launch. What's it um, for? It's for a bio. It's like an AI bio thing. But like those guys are going to learn and be like, well, we want to make sure that this data remains proprietary, and anyone who we sell it to, we're going to sell it for a lot of money because without it, your AI system's useless. It's garbage. Yeah, I mean, just remember, 2012. It's now 2022. 2012, like <laughs> just things like. Um, like, I don't know, Wi-Fi and smartphones were marginally decent by 2012, right? They're pretty, they're getting pretty good. And in 20, 2000, let's say in 2000, about five to 2007, I would say like that was sort of more or less when smartphones began. And now it's 22 and look what we use, right? You think about like AI in five years and 10 years and what, how many data sets are going to be out there. Um, it'll just take your breath away. Like, like and not only, not only that, but like the chips now, uh, generally that are produced by most chip fabs are not really heavily AI optimized yet. Whereas like some of the stuff that's coming out from Intel, Apple and Micron and everyone else, like this optimization towards neural networks is dramatically escalating to the point where like, I don't know, the capabilities could be a hundred X what they are now, right? AI has barely even done anything yet, quite frankly. And look how impressive it is now. <laughs> it's like, it's impressive now. Like, I mean, GPT-3's capability or just like just the, the chat GPT's capabilities are just nothing short of like remarkable. Like, uh, you know, like no, they're just magic. Sport. It's not like a SVM or like a or something else. You need a lot of data. And even to another argument to your point, though, is like data doesn't actually stay. It's not like you can just gather uh, 10 years worth of training data from uh, 1980 to 1990. And then assume that that will still like the model that's trained on that is going to produce reliable output from like let's say to 2015 to 2020. Like let's say we're trying to trade a model to to beat the stock market, right? Like to trade. Yeah, on that. but but think about it this way, man. Like think of it this way. Um, I don't know if you know too much about IQ scales and such, but like an IQ of around 90 to 95 is a tr typical electrical engineer. Uh, like, you know, the average electrical engineer in America is like 95 or something. If that's the case, right, and the average doctor's IQ in America, just as a reference, is about 105. So if that's the case, and that's what these bell curves look like, right, um, a 95 IQ um, electrical engineer can do quite a bit, right, obviously, in their domain-specific knowledge set. But, like, these AIs, like, in terms of general activity, if they're getting to the point of, like, domain-specific um, capabilities that are even in the 80 to 85 range, like you're exceeding a substantial portion of the human race. Like that's with current technology. Like you don't even have to invent anything new. So I think uh, the, the, like, I don't know. I, I don't think this is like most other scenarios where like, this is just, Oh, you know, it's a paradigm shift and you know, all the usual like LARPing and bullshit. Like this is one of those spaces that looks extraordinarily disruptive right like to the extent that like we've never seen this before truly 
even compared to smartphones. Like I think it's dramatically more disruptive. Just want to throw in one thing here. It's basically eight bytes. He's coming from a different corner. He's basically saying that the data that you feed into the AI needs to be of a very good quality level. This costs money and resources. Yeah. It has been has to be updated. Now the problem is it has to be economically viable in the first place to actually update this con- consistently, right? Or let's say, and the other problem is you can have bad actors that actually feed that AI some bullshit to make it do something that's not right on purpose, right? Put it, so put you it have, this way. Like, so it's, it's, not that, it's not like it's, it's going to solve everything. For example, yeah. I just yesterday I read about a German company here. They, they're doing this kind of machines. They get these letters from the doctors, from the laboratories, right? They parse through the papers, really they scan it, and then they extract the thing, and then they write this letter to the patient, what's, what was in the radiology report or whatever the report came back from the laboratory, and they just... They automate this whole process, what probably a secretary would do, right? And they save, like, I don't know, they save hospitals a lot of secretaries this way. They already have this in Germany. I don't know if you have it in the U.S. Yeah, they have that starting. Yeah, Yeah. they have that kind of stuff. And it's AI, but it has to be updated, right? And it's very specific, and people pay a lot of money because it's replacing the secretary, right? And I think that's that's basically how the road's going to go down. So if you have that GBT chatbot, well, that's a fine thing to play with, but sooner or later it has to pay right but i'll I mean, give you an example here i'll give yes. an example so for for a subscription service for a physician like for example up to date which is a uh a expert reviewed sort of like um article database these are all original articles all referenced from medical literature from all over the world and and we pay for this service generally as physicians. We pay for oh, it because everything's in one place. It's easily searchable. And we pay somewhere between, like, depending on your subscription, probably somewhere between two to $400 for this thing, right? Now, right now, you have to just type something in, and you have to sort of get a little bit of data back. You have to find what you need in that. You have to look in the article to figure out what part of it has what you care about. You can't really ask it a question yet. Like, for example... Um, I don't know, like, take me to the, you know, side effects of this drug. I want to know the likelihood you're going to have a seizure, right? You were talking about this yesterday. Just let me me finish the point here. So what I'm saying is you already have a very good data there. It's all referenced. There's metadata in there. So it's very easy to actually get you a viable service for some extra cost that really helps you, right? But now just exactly. take some, some really bullshit data, like take the news, right? Like all the newspapers that are produced and let AI run through their data set and figure out if these news are fake news, if they're real. It's getting lost because it needs the human input to tell it, oh, that's true, that's not yeah, true. Yeah, you know? well, we can't tell that even with the human input part of it. We have no idea. Yes, but if you have, for example, a good so research stuff- paper, you have yeah. the reputation of the doctor that's kind of backing it, right? So you that's know, I the think thing. the news will never be fully verifiable. I think that's a pipe dream. Yeah, just commonly about like, That would be like saying that we health, know health. the entire nature of the universe at any given moment. We just won't get that. But, yeah. he, but like monetizability, if you look at – so the example I was giving, not only are the data sets very, very good in the professional space, but the only thing that hasn't happened is connecting – Say for example, GPT three to it. Yes. So that I, how much? So then the question you should be asking is, how much am I willing to pay for that as a physician? Exactly. And where's the opportunity? 
Dude, yeah, this, of course. I would for, ten so, times so, as much as I pay now. So that. there's things where you can actually use AI if there's a viable business case. If the people are happy to pay, pay for the opportunity cost that preparing of good data sets requires, right? That's all I'm saying here. But here's the thing. Once you have the AI connected to these systems, right? I don't need half the doctors in America. They all go broke and you basically have yeah, like yeah. a total disruption in this situation, right? Like the speed with which I can do anything goes up so significantly. Um, everything from like routine hospital tasks to routine things like assessing refills and whatnot. Uh, all of these things become so much faster with AI um, that really like it just reduces the need for like me generally, like the, the amount of like time it takes for me oh, to take yeah, care definitely. of. Definitely. I mean, I, like, I know coming off to many jobs, I train you know? doctors for a living, right? I know what time it takes what like workload they have what types of functions they have and the type of things that can be eliminated via automation like because i know it because every single day when i do my work i'm like i could do this easier if i had ai doing this i could yes. do this easier with go even, ahead and forget AI, like even simple algorithms would like dramatically exactly. then go ahead and monetize yeah. on that what are you waiting for you you have no opportunity in front of the news you still need quality machine readable data right and Ultimately, yes. it'll be and the protector of those data, right? It, in the end, if you can make it so that, that way an AI system can use it but can't own it, right? Then, then there's a pretty big case for blockchain-based data. Because yes, the thing is, like neural networks, man. The thing, the difference is, is let's say a neural network, right? Like my brain, for example, reads the data on up to date. Um, like once I've trained my neural net, you have no way of monetizing my brain after that. Right. So once an AI has has been trained, there's no really great way unless there's a constant stream of money that comes from the data provider or, or goes from the data. Uh, like the, the neural network has a relationship, a business relationship with that company. So that has the data. Yeah. But if I'm the owner yeah. of that data, I can just say you have to make your neural net compliant with my data. Right. And like, yeah, here, here's the other problem is that the things that up to date does. I can see GPT-3 writing those articles uh, from scratch. Like, I can see it writing from scratch. So, like, and there's, the, right. uh, well, and then, then like, you can fairly, still have GPT humans. is natural language, which is, you can procure a lot of natural language data just from downloading web pages, like, off the internet, right? But, like, let's say for, like, something like a health data or driving data, I mean, like, the data sets and models that self-driving car companies use are kept under heavy lock and key like that's the last thing they want to lose because of just how valuable it is because if you had that data well even if you or me had that data we can just start making self-driving cars like we're sure already... but like in the medical space or the legal space right legal documents and and things like medical literature documents are fairly easy to access and and relatively inexpensive on the whole i agree so like and there are very high quality data sets and probably and I'm just guessing here, but my intuition, having written articles like this, is that looking at what GPT-3 does, its ability to analyze sort of like scientific data and turn it into articles is going to be very good. Like, it's just going to be really good. I think it's going to beat most interns and whatnot or medical students or whatever um, in, within 10 years. And I think what's going to end up happening is, is like the physicians or scientists are going to be largely proofreading those as opposed to maybe doing the primary writing too. So the amount of workload that's going to be taken over, remember AI doesn't have to take over everything. It only has to take over 
serious portions of workloads and the number of workers necessary goes down substantially, right? Yeah, I can agree to that. I mean, if you write a research article and you have the basic idea of what you want to write and you let them write all the crap that you have to pull together from references and whatnot and just does it for you, that's that's where it's really helpful, right? But to make conclusions, to have this kind of bridging between different ideas and getting a new concept out of something, AI hey, can't do that. You know, it's literally there's no connection between different concepts. It's just not like a, there's there's no real intelligence. It just tries to find similarities in a way in different dimensions of data points. Yeah, although sometimes that's not true either. Like, um, for example, in proteomics. Uh, like what makes a protein structure useful is not very obvious to the human observer. It needs massive amounts of like recursive computational data cycles to sort of like create like life from scratch in a sense. I think, mm, I think uh, like things like AlphaFold and whatnot are going to make such a huge impact on new discoveries of like proteins and things that do things that are built from scratch that is way faster. We're talking about like orders of magnitude faster than what people were doing manually on their own using like crystallography and everything else. So like, yeah, like to some extent you might say that like, well, this is not going to like replace the human mind entirely, but at the same time, it does things that the human mind can't do no matter how hard we try, right? So that like, it's a completely new parallel cognitive set that is happening here that uh, shouldn't be underestimated. There's like this idea that people have like, hey, these things are just going to replace me or something like that. No, um, many of them will be like tools that we'll use like in parallel and your ability to use those tools. By the way, that's the other funny thing. Like if, if you have, let's say, an IQ of 85, how are you going to deploy, deploy an IQ of 140, let's say, AI system to do something that you need to it to do for you when you're not even sure how something in an IQ of 140 works, right? Like it's going to be a weird problem that even the operators of these systems are going to have to be pretty smart, right? So like if you take it, a, you know, if you ask it to do it, it's, it's so intelligent. It will just tell you, yeah, do it yourself. You know, I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean like seriously though, like if I were, if an elementary school student, right. were to go up to a physics researcher at, um, you know, the National Bell Labs or something, and, you know, like try to direct them to invent something, what would happen? Not a whole lot, probably, right? Like, you know, like, they just don't have enough sort of like background knowledge. The same thing will happen if you have like a very smart AI. And like, the person deploying that thing, um, like, doesn't understand its capabilities. So therefore, like, um, providing it with, it, it with tasks to do that are particularly useful is going to be hard. And you see that with the internet now, like what, like what half the internet is used for like porn or some shit, like, you know, like idiotic shit, like, you know, I like guess that has no basis in like any see, kind of exactly major. There's one basic problem that you have with AI. If you really go like full out, it's like with real doctors, right? They probably kill some people by accident on their way to get perfect or get to a higher position just because they've done something stupid, not on purpose, but it just happens like any mechanic, breaks a bolt, for example. It's the same story, right? Now you let this do an AI and just think about all these liability cases and everything. So it's a very difficult thing to say, okay, I'm going to let an AI doctor do this diagnosis and then we are 100% sure that this was the right decision, right? It's, a, it's the same kind of moral problem yeah. that you have with these self-driving cars. And 
it's going to take a while because you have to give up this kind of uh, right to an error, right? We don't admit sure. machines to make mistakes. You know, it's always a big deal. If a machine makes a mistake, it's like, oh, drama, drama. If a person does it, it's like, yeah, well, it was just a moron, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there's some of that. But yeah, who takes responsibility if a problem occurs or something like that? Sure. But right now, if you look at medical as a great example, or for that matter, driving cars, the vast majority of errors are human errors. Like the vast majority. We're talking about like 99% or something like that. Or, you know, 90% plus, let's just sort of use that. Like, in other words, most car crashes on the highway, are they happening because of like a, a flat tire or something like that and the car rolls over? Or are they happening because of like human error issues? Most of it's human error. So like self-driving car is a good example. Uh, it, they would work fine if all of the cars were self-driving. The problem is right now you're in a world where in the intermediate world um, where like the expectation is that these things have to be perfect. Whereas once you are only dealing with self-driving cars among other self-driving cars and the roads are designed in such a way, like right now the roads are designed for drivers. The, the red lights, the stop signs, everything is designed oh, yeah. for driver. I get you, where you, you're coming from. You, you introduced you, you the actually, drunk driver, right? Build, <laughs> yeah, you actually have the AI that actually does the driving build the actual design for the roads and i'll bet you're going to have a whole different take on the whole thing right like it'll be perfected in such a way to optimize for that condition and then it it'll be totally it, the, the story will be completely different right you like you wouldn't even need red lights technically if it was for like ai driving cars if the entire thing was automated like cars would just like stop and start on their own and they would like you know, intersections and whatever, the cars would just sort of like blend together or whatever the fucking like, you know what I mean? Like it, you wouldn't even need the lights themselves at that point. Like that's the world that um, is, by the way, like the funny thing is that's a world that's readily creatable. It's not as if like um, the technology is lacking to produce that world. It just simply hasn't been built or implemented. And when it's that simple, it's just simply an implementation question. Then it's a matter of just like, when is it going to happen? Not, not if it's going to happen. And yeah, so I think like a substantial portion of what I'm seeing when it, when I think about automation is like, cause this is like just how my mind works as far as like finding ways to automate things. <laughs> like, you know, a, a lot of the things that like in the night in 2000 or so that were possible when Wi-Fi came about, it took almost like 10 to 15, 10 to 20 years before like some of the things that were imagined would eventually come out that people actually created viable products and actually imp implemented them with existing internet and Wi-Fi technology. So yeah, there's a lag period from implementation, but at this moment, holy shit, like the numbers of things I can see that are like implementable with current technology, if you just do the development work without any new like inventions of fucking like, you don't need wormholes or, you know, like cold fusion to be invented here. Like a lot of stuff can change just with existing um, like architectures and, and paradigms and and yeah like and ai is like what it's absolutely infancy still and it's really really impressive right that's that's what's the concern everybody that like if on the one hand everyone's like ah they're not that great but then you look at what they do and you're like i don't know they're pretty fucking great to me i, I think people like uh it's interesting how quickly by the way people normalize new technologies and like ah no big deal like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, whereas like they're absolute magic for anyone from 50 years ago, right? 50 years ago, if they saw some of the things that this thing does now, they'd be like, wait, what? You're bullshitting me. There's clearly a person behind that. 
you're just making this shit up, right? You, you'd have to sit down and convince someone. If you went back with chat GPT 50 years in the past, you would have to convince them that thing wasn't human, right? Like, you would have, like they would be sure there was a Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. Um, and they would want to see that and think you're a scammer or something, almost assuredly. But anyway, hey, uh, Davey, had, you had your hand up. Sorry. Like, I, yeah, no worries. <laughs> I miss hearing your voice. <laughs> um, I was thinking if um, Elon has his way, um, and I'm sure this has been discussed, or maybe it's idiotic uh, way, but uh, what the first currency on Mars will be and how um, it's justified to find value on Mars because it's, I mean, it's not gold unless they do find gold there. It would definitely be crypto, right? Yeah, like uh, it, one of the benefits of um, cryptocurrency is the uh, transmissibility and yeah. portability. So the well, fact that like, you can transmit be the building. Yeah, you could have a Bitcoin yeah. node or a Dogecoin node or whatever the hell you want. You can have one running on Mars using a solar panel or something, and you could accept Bitcoin on Mars. It would just take right. the speed of light for um, a light wave to hit from Earth to Mars, and next thing you know, you have your Bitcoin there. So that is an important thing. There is no obvious reason why uh, Mars or whatever else is not going to have more of a digital currency. And right. in that case, especially, you'd want something immutable, um, and you'd want it not to be centralized so that you don't have your money censored, right? right. So it makes perfect sense. Like, yeah, imagine, a, imagine Mars has a whole like flourishing colony of people on it. Number one, well, you know, the AI is going to build this build this stuff ahead of time, right? Yeah, but you know that eventually the the Mars colony, so to speak, is going to want independence from the 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 world, the For Earth sure. colony. That's just yep. going to happen. You know it because of the space separation. We yep. have that happen between states in the in the world here, right? Like two states in any given country have a hard time sticking together. So you know that'll happen, and then they're not going to want to be subject to the whims of like earth currency or whatever but they're going to have to buy things from earth like information stuff right so yeah. how are they going to like fungibly transmit things back and forth either they'll create their own coin or they'll use something that's like they'll use elons yeah they'll use whoever's coin or whatever right or they'll just make any number of ones right like my theory has been like you'll just have infinite number of types of digital value transfer and well elon's uh, playing around with doge right and yeah, playing around with it. Well, there's Luna, which is in the cosmos uh, space. It's all, it's all coming together. <laughs> yeah, I, just I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about buying any particular coin. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm I'm just like, you know. It could happen, but I'm kidding. I want to call your attention to the uh, most recent post in my timeline. It's happened. Uh, speaking of Elon, we have him kissing Shiba Inu, Pope. No. Justin, Justin, you know what that means? <laughs> Just, That's good. That's really good. Go some. <laughs> so like, where would you say, like, most of the value of AI is at? Like, do you think it's the the models themselves or, like, the data you feed the model or um, some other aspect of it? Maybe it's actually just in like the prompt engineers who will be coming out being able to use these things. Um, what do you mean? What you're saying? What now? Like, uh, where do you think like the, the most value comes up from AI or basically, I mean, obviously like, I think like we all agree that 
especially after seeing chat.openAI, right? That it's obviously going to do a lot of incredible things and completely transform like our industries. But uh, let's say like if you're if you're looking at you understand this now, right? You're thinking, okay, well, like what do, what do I bet on, right? Like if you if there's a gold rush, right? The money's not in mining the gold, but it's in selling the shovels and pickaxes, right? So like where yeah. would you see that coming out from AI? Like do you think being one of those creators that leverages it gives you the most value? Do you think being one of the or do you think like owning the models that produce the output is is the best spot to be in? Or do you think like owning like that data sets that the models feed off of or owning the data infrastructure, right, that the models use to capture, let's say LIDAR? Um, like, which part do you think ends up benefiting the most? So, like, what impressed me a lot was, so, uh, when Google DeepMinds projects, uh, particularly, like, MuZero, um, like, AlphaChess, AlphaGo, and um, what else did they have? They have AlphaFold for protein folding. What impressed me the most about sort of, like, what these AI systems do is not so much that like they do everything um, and not so much even worried about like this idea of producing um, like training data. Because when you look at a very, very specific thing that it has to do, like let's say, for example, um, let, let's take uh, um, like a simple task that people might do on a daily basis to give you like a reference, right? Mm, let's say filing your taxes is probably a good example, right? You have maybe some W-2s or something like that that come in from your job and they show up in your email. Um, maybe you bought like uh, a computer for work or something. And maybe you, um, I don't know, like mm, you hired someone, you had a 1099 or some shit like that, right? You know, if anyone here that does their own, taxes for their business or for personal or whatever. You'll understand what I'm talking about. Like if you use TurboTax or whatever the hell, right? Now, the classic way to solve for that would be, okay, you learn some basics about how to do taxes. Maybe use some Web2 software like TurboTax or something like that, and you plug in all this information or whatever. The way an AI would do this differently is um, it would say, scan your email uh, for let's say PDFs that are related to W2s, or maybe they'll just scan for the letters W2. They'll just literally like even photo scan everything. Forget about like, it won't even need to know like the exact, like maybe you took a picture of a W2, for example, it'll just scan your images and everything. It'll go through, it'll check all your shit. It'll find all your documents within your email, let's say, and, or in your camera reel or, you know, wherever the hell you keep this stuff. And it's going to turn that into machine readable data where it can sort all that out and plug all the holes in on your TurboTax form. And it's going to do this stuff without knowing necessarily, it's not necessarily having to be very intelligent about it. Um, it doesn't have to be like a tax genius or some shit. What happens is, is like, you don't need an exhaustive training set. Like, you know, after you've done this for maybe like, what it, maybe let's say it looked at thousands of examples or millions of examples, which is not a lot in the context of an entire country of hundreds of million people, right? It won't take very much training data to make a very, very like domain specific data set to make that work just for that purpose. I don't think like a GT, GPT-3 or something like alpha chess has to be repurposed to do your taxes. 
I think that each uh, domain-specific activity can easily be taken over by a domain-specific AI without a whole lot of effort. And where GPT-3 and things like that come in is, well, the language model has been sorted out. So this system will use a mixture of the language model to do the output, right? Like maybe to explain to you what it did, for example, or, um, or to read maybe, say, for example, the new tax laws or something like that to make sure that it has covered all these new changes. But then like the actual process is very domain specific and you're not going to use this to then, I don't know, like do your kid's math homework at the same time, right? It's, it's like only for this. And um, I think that doesn't take very long. I mean, if the thing is able to beat, like, how, how long between when AlphaGo was created and it beat, like, all the world's Go players? What was that, like, a couple of years or something? I don't remember what the yeah, exact 20, time frame was. I think it was, like, 2018, 17. Yeah, like, within a couple of years, it was beating everybody, right? Um, Alpha Chess, uh, same way. Alpha, uh, Alpha um, Fold, which is for protein folding, it completely changed the industry as far as like, and that's a very complicated scientific industry, by the way, way more complicated than most of the shit most of us do on a daily basis, right? So they are attacking the biggest problems first, like protein folding and things like that. that so the people at Google DeepMind, they want to change the world um, and they want to do it like while getting Nobel Prizes and shit, right? They're not that interested in fixing your taxes or some shit. If they redirect this equipment to do that, you would have these services like literally within the year. It just takes no time. But they have tasked most of those computers to do the biggest problems in the world after they finish the gaming stuff. What's his name? Uh, uh, like Andre Carpathy or whatever his name is and like a few other people who have spoken about this have talked about like how they are deciding which projects to focus on, where they believe the greatest innovations and human like um, benefits are going to happen. And they're trying to direct that computing power there first. So like a lot of the stupid shit that we think of, like, yeah, like, you know, it would be nice if we could have it do our taxes. Um, that's sort of like semi on their radar, I'm sure. But like, I think they're going to leave that sort of thing up to other companies to produce. Like, so it's possible that maybe what will happen is that maybe the TurboTax people do it, right? Like, they're going to say, wait, we don't want to be taken over by this thing. We want to produce our own AI that does this that can scan your inbox, check all your images, check all your PDF files, whatever the hell, and then sort of go this route, right? And like, there's the other flip side too, is like, if you think about how most of your data comes to you, like for you to do your taxes, it's kind of embarrassing that in 2022, all of your shit is not on some standard file format that the government just simply says, hey, by the way, this is how all tax reporting shit goes. This is the digital, like, you know, framework. And every time they create legislation that changes taxes, there should be a form that's fucking digital that like you can like, you know, automatically sort of like ascend and receive, but they haven't gone too aggressively in that route. I think because a lot of people in the human race, especially even in America, are still on pen and paper and stuff. And they feel like they don't want to leave behind some swaths of the population technologically, but there's no reason they shouldn't have done it already. And then what you were talking about, quality machine readable data would be here by now, right? So a lot of the reasons why we don't have quality machine readable data is largely human failure. Um, and AI would never make this mistake. Like it would not design it this way. Um, hell, even a half half baked like you know ninety five IQ person wouldn't design it this way. Um, like, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're, implementation's taken a while, but um, yeah, the disruption in so many industries that is about to happen in my mind is like extreme when it comes to AI because humans have been really damn slow at implementation. Some of the stupidest shit, like being able to do your taxes easily um, for businesses, small businesses, and for individuals, 
even simple stuff like that has taken decades to sort of like, you know, improve the speed of. Um, it's really quite embarrassing, actually, if you think about it. Like human beings aren't like moving in some of the areas at, very quickly. Um, and they could, and we could easily do a lot better. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like that's, that's a great, that's a great explanation, right? Is, is that, you know, eventually a lot of this data, because we developed the other. What do you think is the key to do a lot better? Should we, uh, cut out the, uh, woke, the wokeism, like, uh, our man just said? <laughs> no, I don't think this is a, like, I don't think there's anything political about any of it. It's just simply rational uh, building really. Um, so like, yeah. And I, I think, uh, sorry, I just wanted to like respond to your, like to what I you said. I think that's the but, point, though. So, is in, the in, in reality, it's actually the fact that AI can be so. Sorry, <laughs> he's worried about wokeism or something. Okay, uh, I'll give me a second. <laughs> um, okay, so sorry, uh, lost my train of thought. Uh, but so essentially, it's not so much even that there's a value to own these pieces, but actually, well, because a lot of models are open source and really that's what it boils down to is whether you can capture enough data to make the model work. So like, let's say that's 2025 or 26, uh, iPhone 15 or 18 has like a big enough, like neural chipset to run a full model. And you can effectively get perfectly machine readable data through your iPhone camera. Like, and let's say, like, let's put an application to it um, uh, with nature sciences, right? So, like, you're trying to observe animal habitats or something like that. So, in in this in this way, really, it's not so much that someone out there is going to make all this money. It's actually that somebody isn't going to make all the money anymore, apart from like that one researcher with his super phone. Right. See, the problem is, yeah, tech is usually deflationary. So, like. Right. The lab whenever you do something to reduce the amount of labor it takes to do something, um, yeah, money like things just become cheaper generally. Right. Yeah. So it's not yeah. automatically that there's quote unquote more money to be made. Although historically, as tech has become deflationary, like the, you can imagine the advent of computers dramatically increase things like new drug discovery, for example. So you wind up creating yeah. new markets with the new tech. Um, but not necessarily like the old markets tend to become somewhat obsolete. So you think we'll probably have a lot of these new emerging markets start to spring out of AI usage. And that's actually where the value is, is in these businesses that leverage AI to such an extreme extent. Let's say like a manufacturing facility eliminates a hundred percent of its labor costs, including like the executives, right? To a point where it's just like an automated system fully. And then, in, and then in that case, you can you can kind of see like good use case for DAOs to step in to to effectively handle the ownership of that system. Yeah, like uh, an example, an example, uh, like a little side example of um, maybe an example of where AI might do cool things. Um, let's say you fed a system a ton of recipes for, um, I don't know, like let's say making bread let's just make up something stupid here um so you you feed the thing all of the bread recipes that you possibly can let's say thousands and thousands of them and um and then you also have some feedback in the system where eventually the system can analyze like which types of bread do people like which ones do they tend to say buy again maybe that's a good um way to determine which ones people like is which ones they're willing to pay for 
So which ones are they able to pay more for and they want to buy, right? And then you take that um, information and eventually with the ingredients known of how to make bread, there will come a time when the machine learning system will be able to tell you like, um, hey, wait a minute, you like this type of breads. Um, you, you are willing to pay more for it. Guess what? I have a recipe that you might like even more than all the rest because I combined all of the ingredients of the things you care, you love the most. And I created mega bread that is really specific to your taste or something like that. So yeah, you can do really, really cool things that haven't been done before at all and leverage that kind of like fun stuff. Like you never know, like when eventually like restaurants and things will use techniques like this, right? Um, it's like hack, hack the human mind in a sense. Right. And then like, I guess like from, so like realistically, you know, when people are, I mean, and like there are a lot of things to fear about AI just because of mass restructuring, but you know, in the end, like we're still going to end up finding some purpose and something probably completely unrelated, but just happens to take advantage of the tech. And I mean, like, yeah. that's, that's like I think cards originally too. I think all you can really do, by the way, it's not like any of us really prepared for any of the tech that's here now. Like you, all you can do is decide like, do you care about this sort of thing? Do you just ride the wave and just like hope for the best? Uh, do you work in that industry? Uh, do you prepare yourself for these changes somehow? Um, is my business going to be disrupted by these things? Like my father um, started out as a, um, like it's a pretty good story. Like he started out as a uh, engineer originally in terms of by training, but then he didn't like the engineering positions because like um, it because of what my mother work was like it was too hard for him to move around to like jump between different um, companies and such and also engineering tends to like rise and fall with the economic tides like how many engineers are needed like and everything so he decided he's going to start his own business anyway his business was in printing which was imagine you know those printing presses with the rollers and the ink and everything else right you've you've seen these things i'm sure on if you've never seen it in real life, you probably see it on TV, but uh, to do any like color printing and everything before laser printers, before copiers, this is when he began like 1980s, like, you know, that time period. Right. Just think about how many disruptive things came along uh, for his business to now, like even the copier was a big deal. Right. Cause before like a printing shop is where you'd make flyers and then a copier shop comes out and now like, you know, the average person, um, might go somewhere and pay 10 cents a copy. So one of the things he had to do is have a copy machine in his like office because in his uh, business, because people would come and they'd want like flyers and shit. And they just want to just like copy, make copies of something. Um, the laser printer made a big difference because now like you could do typesetting and everything. You could create your piece of paper and then you can come use. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Um, anyway, um, and then like later what happened is not only did people stop doing that, but like laser printers became cheaper, of course, or like laser copier printers and every, eventually like businesses started to start doing all their own printing. Right. Um, and then like, so how did he stay relevant is over time, it was like the smaller businesses that needed a lot of like, uh, typing work where you had to put in a lot of like time, um, uh, putting in like content and everything and, and, uh, desktop publishing. If there's a lot of manual work to be done, that was what was left. Right. A lot of his original business is not the type of business he does now. And like the shop now has a way big, bigger printing press to do like larger books and things that normally you wouldn't do on a laser printer. So he had to like uh, modify the business to get out of the business of 
uh, like the small consumer that was coming to the shop before and had to expand and get bigger to compete and just like change with the changing market. I think AI will do the same thing. Like there'll be lots of little things that like um, slowly get pushed out because you don't need that much labor anymore. And those jobs, like the workload will go down and stuff like this. And I think that's what will happen. And then, then like new things will show up obviously. Um, but like if your kids, for example, are in college today or something like that, like, and they are not considering how this is going to disrupt the possible fields they're going into. It's probably not a good idea. Like they probably should be thinking about that or how to leverage AI to make the jobs that they're going to do much, much easier or like more productive or something like that. I think they should be considering that immediately. Honestly, like that's why like with my, um, even my kid in high school, for example, like I'm already having him use AI things to do his homework and stuff so he can understand, like, don't just do a Wikipedia search or a Google search, try this too. And see what kind of answers you get and um, like see how you can use that information and see how it compares to what you would do on your own and see how much better the AI is than you are at doing it. Like, you know, that's the first realization is find out, number one, wait, how good is this thing compared to what I would have done myself? Um, and uh, yeah, very interesting times. Uh, Sam, what's up, man? Sam, Dev? Bruce, did you go to sleep or what? No, I went to the gym. But I only oh, came back because I thought Iz was in here, but he's gone. He's yeah, I, don't know, I don't know which way he went. He um, know, all, all these people here are your friends, man. No, I haven't seen any evidence of friendship from them. I treat them as friends, but I don't get any back. Really? Um, I asked. I also confronted Iz. I told him, where are you? And he said, he quit accidentally. But then I said to him, like, if you quit accidentally, why don't you come straight back? And he had no explanation to me. So I think he's lying. Yeah, that makes complete sense. I'm thinking that the things that uh, we're going to be moved into, Sefi, is going to be the Matrix pod. You know, that's going to be our new job. We're going to be plugged into the machine and just sucked our, our interdimensional life force out of us by, like, torturing us in our dreams. Mm, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, Bruce, do you want to do you want to be plugged into a machine? I can arrange it for you if you'd like. Mm, I want my friend Fluffinator to come up. She's down there. She's been made to feel alienated. I think we should. I think we should connect. Maybe we should connect her to the machines that we're building. She's been attending these spaces less and less lately because they always end up talking about crypto, and there's more to life. And I think it's it's sad that you're so obsessed with crypto, Sefi, when there are these beautiful places to go in the world. There's outer space, there's love and companionship, there's the Grand Canyon. There are all these different things we could talk about other than just crypto all the time. By the way, one of the places I was considering uh, going to this summer, I was planning it out, was uh, Iceland. Looks pretty interesting. It would be, yeah. There are um, one thing I wanted think? to go UK to. UK or Iceland first? both get the maybe get the is there i think there used to be a ferry to iceland go for like a full month like do two weeks there and two weeks there yeah or you could you could do something like the netherlands then the uk and then up to iceland 
something in that region or Scandinavia for a week or so, and then the UK, and then over to Iceland. Maybe on the Iceland's ferry, like pretty much like what people do is they just drive around the whole island pretty much. It's like the middle is like yeah. volcanoes and whatever. And everything's around the outer edge pretty much. And um, like I typed in, I got an itinerary from ChatGPT. It, it told me exactly what to eat, which hot dogs to buy where or whatever the hell. It gave me a whole list of food to eat too. It's very funny. Um, it's like, which restaurant do you get some fancy, like unusual food in? And then it told me like where to drive, where to stay. It told me where to like what the sites to see were. It's pretty cool. Mm. But it's like there I think some... seven to it's like anywhere between like I think like ten to fourteen days is good there. Something in that neighborhood. Yeah. There are some really beautiful hotels in Iceland. There's one that's like um it's like a snow hotel and it looks like igloos, except the igloos have like transparent uh glass tops. So you can see the stars and stuff. Is now is it, it is the ho- is it like a hotel and or is this like something that's only open in winter, like in the cold? I think it's like, all the it's, time. It's literally an igloo, or is it like just looks like one? No, it looks like it's like a wooden frame. I, I'll show you. Let me find it again. Mm, how's the star like? So I would assume Iceland. Um, I would assume that it is like fairly free of pollution in the grand scheme of things, right? Um, I would I would think that you could get great starfield star, night skies in Iceland too. Is that would that be true? Like you could go out into the boonies and like really get great like dark field views of the sky. I imagine so. That's what if, I've also been seeking. My whole life. If, if that's the key, if like that's true, like I should plan it around when the new moon is, right? When the moon is completely black so that you can see the galaxy and everything else. That'd be very pretty. Have you ever, have you ever been out um, to a new moon night in like a completely clear sky, like in a dark sky location, Bruce? No, I haven't. Um... I've never looked upwards. I sent the the picture of the the igloo ice hotel thing to the Lunkdow chat. So if you, if you want to have a look quickly, if I can just chime in, sorry to interrupt. But my, I'm actually heading to Rovaniemi, Finland on Thursday, which also has an ice castle. So the restaurant's made of ice. All the benches, all the glasses, all made of ice, and um, it's going to be a phenomenal experience. And it also has those amazing skies that have all of the stars so just want to chime in and you should definitely check out that location as well because they're very well known for you know all brian this is up in what finland i think his connection went off yeah bruce the the igloo thing looks really interesting um they're kind of like little what he showed what he sent a picture of is like they're little domes, uh, and they're kind of like the, the the room or the bedroom or whatever is under the ground. And then this dome thing sticks up above the snow and stuff. Can you repost so, it on your maybe repost it on your Twitter? Because I can't really post it on the Lunk Down one. Yeah. Because that would be inappropriate. This, this is impressive. Uh, let me do that real quick. I think it looks so, cool. So people can see it. It's also like it seems to be exhibitionist delight, which I like as well. Although in reality it's probably like it looks exposed from the top, but there's probably like two, three meters of not exposed. 
Yeah, let me see if I can get this to share somehow. Just download it and then tweet it, I guess. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, let's see here. Uh, here we go. Hello, Fluffinator. Hello, how are you? I'm okay. Did you hear me discipline everyone? No. I told everyone the reason you haven't been coming lately is because they've been too crypto-obsessed. And I told them that there's more to life. There are rainbows, there's the night sky, there's Iceland, there's the Grand Canyon. There are all these wonderful things. And we don't need to talk about Lunk the whole time. It's getting sad. I mean, I do like all those things, but I thought you were sick of all those things. The reason I left is because I was actually going to um, my hole, my crying hole, because I was really upset from bullied on these spaces. I've been crying this whole weekend, mm. but I think I've come out of it stronger. Who, um, who did it to you? You and Sefi and Zero Xs. Mm. First, this, uh, this image up here, it looks like, I guess the, these little things were designed so that you could go to the north and then like uh, see the northern lights and stuff while creating like these little, almost like campsite type rooms where like yeah, they don't have, to have a um, huge amount of like infrastructure and stuff. They just have these things. Glamping, like, like glamorous camping. That's what it is. <laughs> Glamping, yeah, that's what it's like. Um, this looks pretty cool. Um, it's on the mm -hmm. north side of the island or something. Oh, I have no idea. In fact, it, 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 might not, it might not even be real, Sefi. It might just be some concept art. I hope it's real, because it looks really cool. <laughs> How did you remember this all of a sudden? You, you looked up Igloo in Iceland? Oh, I, I, I planned an Iceland trip to a, while, a while back, but... Um, Unfortunately, the the girl I was going to go with cheated on me with like fifty men at the same time. Yeah, that happens sometimes. Um, yeah, but this is a really cool picture. I like it. Uh, as a Scandinavian, I can flip in into saying that these spaces are they are real. And so, if you want to go to Iceland and the northern Scandinavian parts, go in the winters uh, because this is where. Like winter is the best time. We are very suited to the tourism uh, for it. So, yeah, you have Iceland. Yeah, the hot spring. Now, when when Sorry? can you see the northern lights? Usually, is it winter or summer, or any time? Yeah. So, so this year has been pretty crazy. They already started, but normally, yeah, December to uh, April, perhaps, or something like that. So they could start as well in. November, October, but uh, yeah, during the the winter, it's it's easier to uh, see them. So, mm, so uh, it's like it's uh, it's more of a winter thing then, not a summer. Yeah, but, but, uh, well, because of the rotation, we get closer to. Uh, okay, I'm not gonna go into it, but it's uh, yeah, they occur on the uh, winter half year. Mm, okay. In summer as well, the the days are so long that there's not really a proper night if you're going to the north north. So yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh, so like yeah, I forgot about that. So the like it's like light, it's lit the whole day, huh? 
Um, yeah. did, they, did most of the hotels and whatnot have like blackout curtains so people can sleep? Like, no, no, you have you have to bring your own from. You have to buy them off Amazon, Sefi, and you have to roll them up in a large tube, and you have to carry it on top of your head with a strap that fits a tube onto it. Okay, I'm going to need a link to that too, then. And it was also mentioned, like the ice bar or something. There, there is an actual ice hotel that you book and use uh, sleeping. Like right now, in that part of the world, there's only about three hours of daylight uh, each day. Yeah. Mm, wow. Okay. So you have to decide what you want, Sefi. Do you want sleep or do you want an adventure? An adventure. Yeah. Me too. Hope somebody will invite me on one one day. Mm, maybe Iceland. Iceland also has amazing um, uh, natural hot springs that literally, no matter how cold it is, you can go in. They're like 80, 90 degrees year round. Sefi, you, you should go to Greenland and become an alcoholic. There's a lot of alcoholics there. I think it would be quite funny to hear you drinking and, you know, getting really addicted mm. and having a problem. There's a theory as well that the, the hot springs in Iceland aren't actually real, that they're fake, that they they generated this whole plan um, to to raise the dead tourist industry. Because why would you want to go to Iceland over somewhere more beautiful like Scandinavia and all the things you can do and stuff there, right? Like Iceland had basically nothing. It was a nowhere island full of snow and coldness and barren harshness. And the the theory is that with a lot of these resorts where there are now hot springs, it's just a series of immersion heaters. And it's all powered by like geothermal energy or, or solar heating or whatever the fuck else, or just an investment in raw power to heat these pools. Um, and the net inflow of tourism into the country is far beyond it. So they've justified carrying on this life for a long time. Uh, something that's very like mentioned in Scandinavia is that the 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 Icelanders have uh, like uh, the their Twitter version has like a uh, like a relative uh, scan also, so you don't like go to bed with your relatives because they are so few. Uh, so yep. their Twitter is matched with that. They um they actually have a clock. Um, they have a population. Um, hey Bruce, if, if, if I invited you on an adventure, but it was it was going to be filled with horror and, and suffering, and you know, be just miserable, and like you would still have to go through it, would you do it? Do you think having such a bad sound quality is appropriate? <laughs> God, man, Don, the sound is like hideous from your mic or whatever. Jesus, <laughs> really inappropriate. Like a, this citizen guy is an inappropriate guy. You're banned from future spaces. It's like he's uh, in a tunnel or something. Yeah, but you were saying <laughs> enthusiast. So. Yeah, um, they had like I went to Iceland recently and they had this like sort of population display. It was a bit morbid actually. I don't know if it was like every birth that, that it'd go up by one, every death it'd go down by one. But uh, yeah, when you were saying about not sleeping with your relatives, they let, like that's what they had on. It was like in the public square, you know. And it was also like I'm going to say this as well. It was like thirty five dollars for a burger and chips. But if you ever do go there, make sure you get something called Appy Hour, which is an app. It's it's um it's spelled A P P Y, hour, and it tells you every bar that has 
uh, a happy hour uh, where it has half price drinks. Um, me and my wife ended up in a um, in a gay bar. It was like seven dollars a beer, but we loved it because we I had to get on stage and sing "Raining Men." But we didn't care because it was seven dollars a beer, so we're going there for that, you know, not fifteen dollars. So did they all just think you were a really butch lesbian? They they definitely did, yeah. But that's fine. I'm cool with that. (laughs) Also, do you have a baby in the background? Am I hearing that right? That is actually my pug snoring. Oh, that's so disappointing. Oh, so... We have lives. We have lives beyond long. Hmm. Would anyone like to raise a topic for discussion? The circle is open to any topic. Well, QNN's had their hand up for a while, so maybe mm-hmm. it's because they have a topic. Yeah, go ahead. Raise, raise a topic or a subtopic. We don't mind, really. Or a sub-subtopic. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm sorry. Yeah, I joined to AMI as a little bit too late, and I'm sorry, maybe I couldn't uh, hear uh, about the artificial intelligence systems, you know. And artificial intelligence is really a complicated uh, point and subject, you know. Um, I just, I wondered that um, artificial intelligence, how we work on the, for lunch and we do, um, which benefit will bring. Can you, can you explain this? Uh, you're lucky. Um, Fluffinator9000 is an absolute expert in this. Um, we're happy to have her here, actually. She's a a researcher on this particular subject. Uh, what do you think, Fluffinator? Yeah, I mean, I've been just—I mean, this is my life's work, really. Could you just repeat the actual question again for me, Q and N? Yeah, please. Artificial intelligence is really—it's um, a complicated uh, uh, issue normally, um, but it's being more complicated uh, in the blockchain, also. Okay, just mm-hmm. I want you like to learn that. Uh, how it will be work artificial intelligence uh, on the blockchain for Lunci? Uh, which which benefit will bring uh, to Lunci? Just I, I want to learn about this quick. Thank you. Uh, thank you for your perfect question. First of all, well, I mean, obviously, the world of AI is just so vast, on, and so is the blockchain. It's sort of like colliding two huge planets together and trying to figure out what asteroids are going to shoot out or what bits of rock are going to fragment everywhere. I mean, there's a million different things I could list. Uh, But really, it's not about what could be done, but what people choose to do and how they choose to use AI. You say there are a million things you could list, but why don't you list the first 10? So first of all, um, I use AI to help myself um, grow, figure out when my tomato plants germinate. So I'm picking the best uh, seeds because I'm like figuring out which ones use the best ratios of sugar to water to sunlight um, relative to my garden. Obviously, with regards to the blockchain, um, everyone needs to eat tomatoes and food to like do stuff for the blockchain. So it's really important to eat food and we can use AI to grow food, and then we can use AI on the blockchain, and we can also put tomatoes on the blockchain. So I don't really know what you're not understanding here. I don't know why you're asking me stupid little questions. Did that help? 
I heard they're actually using AI to regrow the Great Barrier Reef. So basically they were looking at what corals are getting bleached from um, from like, you know, this, the great bleaching events. And they were using artificial intelligence to, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm talking rubbish. But yeah, no, no, I faulted your voice. I'm trying to the thumbs down. <laughs> what about yeah. an AI-controlled DAO? We do an experiment uh, with the thumbs down. So the, the thumbs down experiment is this. The weaker of a man you are, the more you will falter when you see a thumbs down. No, no, it's just funny. Um, yeah, they are doing that at the Great Barrier Reef. But to be honest, I do wonder, like, why do we actually need the Great Barrier Reef? The only reason people want it is for their Instagram pictures. If you care about biodiversity, go to the rainforest. No one cares about stupid little algae and their corals and their stupid little fish. Pointless. No one cares. It's going to get full of plastic anyway. Why don't you focus on what's actually important, like the blockchain and the rainforests? Yeah. No, exactly. I think the same. People people tend to prioritize what they think is beautiful and what appears comparable to humans and things like that. And they don't um, save what is actually important, such as all of the insects. So like an AI penguin on the blockchain would do really well. That's nonsense. What are you talking about? That's crazy talk. I feel like it's a good way to, to pump C to dollar. How are you going to get a penguin on a blockchain? A penguin is a living creature. How are you going to put that on a blockchain? You turn it into an AI. You just how are you going to, how are you going to put up? the texture? Right. You're going to get the texture of it into the blockchain. You can't physically, you'd have to blend up the penguin and then you'd have to pour it into the blockchain and the penguin would no longer be conscious. Well, in sort of um, online, you know, they could eat and touch and feel things, so. Well, I just feel like you don't really seem to care about the animals or how they feel. How would you feel if I got your wife and then I put her in a blender and then I put her in the blockchain and then we all spoke to your wife? Well, I don't have a wife rabbit. I would personally love that because no one have to speak to her. Do you fuck the rabbits? No, sometimes. Legal. I'd prefer it if nobody talks about these things. If a new investor to the Lunk blockchain comes in this space and wants to inquire about what's happening in Lunk, our vision, you know, our vision to repeg USTC and cultivate a vast ecosystem of DApps and they come and listen to this stuff, bestiality, they would be put off immediately. In fact, I heard the other day that some large whale with around $50 million who was eager to pour their money into Lunk came into one of these spaces and they heard Fluffinator speaking in this manner and they decided to invest in uh, KDA instead. So that, let that be a lesson to you, Fluffinator. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah. uh, crypto enthusiast, why don't you want to speak to your wife? Is it because she's emotionally abusive? It's because I cannot put her in a blender and force her into the blockchain. I could do that. I don't want to speak to her more. Look, I think the, the main topic here, and Sefi alluded to it earlier, is, is Lunk, the blockchain, needs a purpose, right? We need to decide what it is. Are we going to, like, what are we doing here? A lot of people are talking about, you know, redistributing the Oracle rewards in various ways or creating a community dex that pays into it or doing various schemes. But none of that is 
producing en- inflows of money into the blockchain. It's just redistributing what is currently there, right? It's not actually producing any new retail interest of investors. Um, so we need to determine what Lunk actually is. What is it doing? What's the vision here? Like we could take any angle we like. We could be a anti-smoking blockchain. Like we can campaign to reduce the rates of smoking around the world. We can do almost anything. Is your thumbs downing me and that's lowering my self-esteem. How about you come up with a better idea then? I was thumbs downing because I want to smoke. It's my right. It's my choice. If I decide to smoke, then I can. The other thing I wanted to say was that I am an investor who really enjoys conversations about blending animals and putting them on the blockchains. And I was going to invest $60 million into Lunk. But now after you said we shouldn't talk about that stuff, I've decided that I'm going to invest it in KDA instead. If we spoke about blending animals a little bit more, would that change your mind? It might. I'm not sure. What kind of animal? Don't worry about that. I've, I've I've now swapped out my lung and put it in KDA too. So I'd, I'd prefer it if we don't rectify that opinion. All right, well, I'll switch my lung out and put it in KDA as well. It's all about rotating. Like, people, people develop this strange tribal loyalty to blockchains like Lung for Life or Luna for Life or Bitcoin for Life or whatever. But what you've really got to do is you've got to rotate. You've got to know when to go in and you've got to know when to rotate. Like... Every three months, you want to rotate about 90 degrees. You want to rotate profits out and then put them in something else. Then after that's done, you want to rotate and put it in something else. And then after that's done, you want to rotate and put it in something else. You've got to rotate, right? Like if you're not rotating, then you're losing. And if you don't feel that you're rotating in any manner at all, you can be sure that somebody's rotating on you. Absolutely. And also the thing is, I think the ideal investor in terms of like, you know, rotation, they should be like the weather, they should be spinning around like high pressure, low pressure systems, you know, they should be like, you know, when the earth spins on its axes, and then like, the when you like flush a toilet in Australia, it goes the other way to in the northern hemisphere. That's what you should be doing with your money with your investments, you should be spinning them around, you should be moving them around, they're interacting with each other. You see a cold front coming, you're like, okay, well, I better hide my berries and then you see a warm front coming and then you go on to the like gulf stream you know it's the same thing it's all the same yes it's exactly a, it's a fundamental fact the faster you spin the quicker you get to a dollar i don't i don't use dollars i'm not american i only use great british pounds is that okay Sefi, you've gone quiet Are you okay yeah Kind of toasting and eating a bagel. We were worried about you. Sophia. Yeah. Don't you guys when you're saying you're flipping between projects, but how do you decide what to sort of flip against? Um, I look at the weather forecast and then he was, I... addre- he was addressing ears, not you. Um, it, why do I, you flip um, yeah, I, I tend to look at the weather forecast or I look at the the, the moon, so like the lunar cycle, um, full moon, crescent moon, uh, eclipse, and that sort of really dictates my investment cycle. You'll see a lot of this on Twitter, like people like Marin 
and they sort of say, well, look, it's going to be a blood moon. So that means red candles. It's very simple. Full moon, green candles. Um, and yeah, it's, it's not, don't, don't, don't think about it more than that. I, I don't think it warrants more thought than, than this. <laughs> no astrology consultation. Sefi, is your mouth still full? Because if it's not, I have a question for you. Yeah, I do. No, I'm good. Yeah. Question, no. question is, what is, the, what is the deepest purpose, the why of the Lunk blockchain? Like the old Lunk was all about UST, right? Decentralized money. We need to create a new vision. Only if we create that fundamental why can the, the upward structures assemble themselves and align. Can the holacracy take on a purpose? Can everything work? We need a deep why. We need some, some deep, important why. Why are we all here? What are we doing together? We need a vision. Mm, are we thinking uh, good, evil, neutral? I think anything. Are we thinking uh, cre- creative or destructive in its aims? I think well, you need okay, to take a look know. at the people. Right? <laughs> like, look at the people. Like, like, they are probably more inclined towards having fun playing around um a bit of gambling i don't know i i feel like a lot of the people that uh got into luna classic from turkey from india from pakistan like these places that we've talked to people from it seems like they're trying to escalate themselves like maybe out of um financial distress or poverty or something from what i've seen was that mm. is that does you think that's true yeah, I think when Doquan abandoned them, they want to find a way back. I don't, I don't think Doquan abandoned those people. Those people like brand new. Like they oh. came after he left, I think. Oh, then I don't know. I, I don't know what they're doing. Mm, I, yeah, I think you, it's about uh, sort of like maybe we need to create services that benefit those countries somehow, since that seems to be where yeah. a lot of the users are. Like a maybe a building where it has 500 urinals in it, and you can only go for a pee if you pay in lunk. Yeah, or maybe like um, maybe some of the religious sites or something in these countries, you would they would, they would only accept lunk from now on. That's a possibility, right? Yep, like temples and ashrams and statue of Vishnu and Ganesha and whatever that could be. Yeah. Cool. Or, or just like even, um, what do you call it? Uh, like, uh, different, like Islamic yeah, like, masjids and whatever. Right. Like, like, like take, um, maybe construct a giant wall around the country that Mecca is in and only let people through if they pay like a thousand lunk. Yeah. You think we could have like Saudi Arabia accept lunk as the primary token of the, uh, of the um, um of like the yearly pilgrimage i think what we need to do is we need to create a massive cage or wall around all the religious sites of the world and have the entrance fee be lunk and then that feeds back into the maybe 20 percent is taken to the oracle rewards pool and that way we can fund the validators um we, we need some kind of gating of things that people want to do anyway such as go to religious sites That makes sense to me. Um, maybe TSN Crypto has some theory here, if that would work. What do you think, man? Of Lunk? 
Yeah, like would you use would you use your lump to pay for religious services in uh, uh, various um, like maybe Islamic nations, for example? Would you use it in general? I don't know. I would um, contact the uh, CCP, Xi Jinping. I would uh, implore him to only use transactions from the factories with Lunk. I think that would be the most effective way. Ooh, that is a really good idea. I think think if you consider the slave labor, well, maybe not slaves because they're not paid. What about like sweatshops? What about little Philippine or Indonesian kids? who like make Nike trainers and stuff. What if instead of paying them with dollars, we pay them with Lunk instead? I think if we say we'll pay you like twice as much dollar value, but we'll pay you in Lunk. Mm. This is now like a a sink for Lunk. It's going to be a use case and they can trade the Lunk between each other. They can have their own economy all using Lunk. So this is like demand. It, it worked think, for Nike. It worked. It worked for Nike. I think that I think you're on the. Oh, whoops! By the way, can you hear me? All right, I've got a, a brand new headset thing. Can you do a thumbs up? If you can hear. Yeah, you're okay. It's a little bit hollow, but yeah, it's fine. Does it sound weird? Okay, a little bit. It sounds like you're distant. Well, yeah, carry on. I'm a really big fan of sweat. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part two of the two-part Chepe Space, Lunk, Luna, and AI. Recorded on Monday, December 12th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support there. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep your hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focused, starscream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with the dead man swagger. Sitting in a little den, envision in the middle men. Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Dan envision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next No one gave a shit Till the drugs all dried up Everybody died From a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter We was all hyped up When the pedal hit the metal He just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime Till the night curfew Rats in a cage Till they make time to murk you Got a little job That falls under my purview We gotta get this mob Away from the bird Gotta find cover, wipe off 
a bird poop right off the work while you try on the worst juice. Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth. Slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you. Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants. I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis. Mock up a basement could call me resilient. Waiting for the internet to make me a b-b-b-billion. Vision in the middle, men listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty, then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Ten spaces. <laughs>